Welcome to The Spin Cycle. I'm Maggie Sarachek. And I'm Abby Greenberg. And together, we are the Anxiety Sisters. Anxiety Sisters, and welcome to our show. We are finally back together today, me and Mags. Yay! We're actually touching each other after a 14-month COVID-induced separation, and I just want to say, it's so wonderful to be back with my Mags. Should we do a little peaches and herbs? Yes, we're reunited. And it feels so good. (laughs) Sorry, we won't sing anymore, we promise. Don't turn off the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, please, there's more coming. So lots of you have been writing to us saying how much you like our podcast where we just chat like BFFs. So that is what we are doing today. And our topic's a really good one. Max, tell them what we're talking about. Today, we're talking about re-entry anxiety. What's that? Well, it's that whole thing of getting back to quote unquote normal or post-pandemic life because I am having some re-entry anxiety right now. Yes. So like Abby said, I, ha- I haven't seen you for 14 months. And she said, I'm getting on a plane and I'm coming. And as much as I was excited to see her, I was also sort of dreading it because I often have that reaction. (laughs) 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 But I was, I was also, I was dreading it mainly because I've been in my house with my husband and my kids. Only your husband. Only my husband and my kids. For 14 long months. And I really haven't had to leave the house very much other than, you know, grocery shopping or here and there. But, you know, I've been extremely careful with COVID. So I've I've gotten very used to being at home. And since I formally had agoraphobia. um, Who hasn't? Yeah. (laughs) It's very easy to fall back into that. So it felt very safe just being with the family. And so... So when you found out I was coming, it meant you were going to have to like sort of get out and about more. Yeah. And it was a new person, even though we talk on the phone like 10 times a day, every day, (laughs) but it was like sort of being out of the house, having expectations on me, being with a person outside this little bubble. I'm happy to report that once she landed, I started to feel totally better. You know, yeah. I felt so much better. But you and even said the second day together was even better. It was like, yeah. it was like baby steps. Like that yeah. first day you had, you know, just even the idea of, you said you hadn't been coming downtown very often. Right. I hadn't come downtown. I hadn't really been away from my house for hours at a time. Yeah. You know, and so it was, I was having house separation anxiety. Well, Mags, a lot of folks are feeling the same way. And we know this because we have been bombarded with messages on Facebook and emails and phone calls. You know, one anxiety sister on Facebook, she called herself team hesitant. Mm-hmm. And you that's and I, me. Yeah. Yes. No, I think it's everybody. Yeah. We, we absolutely love that term. We want to steal it from her. Yeah. It's a really great term. I think everybody's feeling hesitant because it's a whole new world now. We've all been kind of shut away. Another one said, I used to be friendly, but now I've gotten used to withdrawing. Mm. You know, we've been hearing from hundreds of people. It's not even just a few. And another person said that the pandemic has taught me to avoid being with people. And now we're being told to come back and be with people. Right. You're not, I mean, when we were trying to avoid being close to people, 
I did this too. You stop sort of looking at them. Yes. You know, you stop making eye contact because you sort of want to keep in your own little bubble. Right. And now you're expected to start making eye contact again. Right. And, you know, we've all sort of put on our masks and and stayed behind the mask all the time. Exactly. In certain ways, even figuratively. Uh, Lots of our community members have really been telling us they're they're very anxious about getting back, quote unquote, out there. Yes. People have been working remotely for so long. They're very, very anxious about going back to the office. Like you said, for people who've struggled with agoraphobia in the past, uh, which includes me and you, mm-hmm. it's it, it definitely challenging. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been out and about now for a little over a month, so I'm doing really well with it. But mm-hmm. I have to tell you that first plane ride. I was really, I was very anxious, very, I was feeling very panicky. I had to do a lot of deep breathing and, and I've noticed, and other people have talked about that sense of exhaustion, you know, I'll I'll do one or two things that aren't big. And I come home and I am like, I feel like I've been out all day. Well, when you and I went to the grocery store the other day, just to pick up a few things, Mm -hmm. I felt really tired. Yes. After walking through the grocery store, because it was kind of crowded and we were all unmasked and it was, you know, and it just felt a little overwhelming being yeah. in the space with so many people. Yes. So we are definitely feeling what all of you are feeling. And that's why we decided we'd do a show about it. Absolutely. So we are going to talk first about why this is happening. Like yes. neuroscience wise, Mags, why is yes. this happening? Well, when you think about it, we were told to stay home for a whole year. Well, more than a year, right? Right. And we were told it was not safe to be out. It wasn't safe to be out. And a lot of us listened to that advice as best we could. Some of us had to do some work outside, but Mm -hmm. we did the best we we could to listen. We're anxiety sisters. We're not going to take some random chance. Right. And when we hear a threat, like when someone says your life is at stake, yeah, you know, anxiety sisters take that really, really seriously. Right. And this is the place anxiety is actually protective. You know, our anxious brains actually did their job when we listened to the public health experts. That's right. Our, our brains kept us from getting sick or tried to keep us from getting they sick. Try, yeah. I mean, sometimes we didn't have total control, but our brains tried to keep us from getting sick. And they also tried to keep us from getting other people sick. So they kept not only us safe, but our community safe. Right. Now, you've probably heard us mention the words neural pathways before on some of our shows. It's basically a fancy science term for habit. It's what your brain gets used to doing and right. then, you do, then you do it by default. Right. It's like when you get in your car and drive to work on a, start to drive to work on a Sunday. Right. Because you're used to it. That's just the shortcut. Exactly. Let's think about it. Our brain has to take shortcuts, right? We have so much stimulation every single day, even home during a pandemic. We have so much stimulation with TV and internet and phone that our brain can't spend the time to figure out what to do in every single circumstance. We have to take some shortcuts. Exactly. So neural pathways are those shortcuts, those habits that we get into that are just our default mechanisms. And well, our neural pathway that got carved in the past 14 months was stay at home. Stay at home and stay away from people if you could not be at home. Right. You know, six feet apart, wear a mask, you know, don't touch anyone, elbow bump. So it meant that you stop looking at people. Yeah. You stop relating to them. 
which was really uncomfortable. I don't know if you remember this, Mags, but in the beginning of the pandemic, I said to you that I was, I'm very extroverted and enjoy being a social person. Right. And I said to you, it was really anxiety provoking to me that everybody was in a mask. Mm -hmm. I couldn't look at people's mouths and faces when they were making expressions. I found it really hard to be around my grandchildren with masks on, which I still have to do because they're too little for vaccination. But, you know, that whole notion of human beings are social and we got sort of retrained to be antisocial. Right. And then now they're saying, all right, let's be social again. And it's another transition. Right. But our anxious brains are still hearing that message of stay safe. Right. It's not like a habit or a neural pathway is changed in a day. Right. It's over time. We yes. need a new habit now. Yes. And even with this new habit, there's still so much uncertainty. So much because which anxious brains just love. Oh my goodness. Like yeah. honestly, I get I'm even confused. And you know, you and I yeah. read everything that science says about everything. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we we've read what all the experts are saying about how best to manage things at this point in the pandemic. So we're hearing, okay, so at some conditions, it's okay to be unmasked if you're with other vaccinated people, but in a small group only and not with children who aren't vaccinated. And if you're, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of rules that are being floated around and it's very confusing. And we don't know what the future will bring in right. terms of, so that's really yeah, nerve-wracking. And then we know that a lot of you have young children in your homes and they're not vaccinated. So right. what do you do then? Yeah. So there's that, like, I'm sure there's anxiety as to what's safe for their little children to do. Can right. they go back to daycare? Right. It's a lot of uncertainty. And then there are those of us who were less extroverted <laughs> before the <laughs> pandemic. And we already struggled with anxiety, maybe social anxiety. Mm. And so for a lot of us, the masks were very helpful. Mm -hmm. If we, if yeah, we, we did have a whole bunch of anxiety sisters tell us in the beginning of the pandemic that they felt like their anxiety was a little less because yes. now they had permission to kind of stay home and yes. be, you know, a little more isolated. And that was sort of a relief. You don't need to go to any weddings or parties or right. nothing. The pandemic really gave those of us with phobias or anxiety permission to kind of stop all the exposure therapy, quote unquote. Basically the idea that you do something even though it scares you and you keep doing it till it stops scaring you. And you build up, right? Gradually. Yeah, so you build up. We've talked about it in the context of driving phobias. So yes. exposure therapy with driving phobia would be starting out with very small local drives and building up to a longer period of time and then maybe building up to a highway, but over time. Right. The point is that you do it even though it scares you. Right. And that's the exposure. Right. And that's the therapy is that it makes it easier for you to do it. So for those of us who suffered from social anxiety, when we were forced to be in the world anyway, it was exposure therapy, right? Right. When you, you had when to go to work. If you had to go to work or you had to show up at certain places with your family or right. whatever. Or a family gathering or, a, you know, like you said, a wedding or a party. Yeah. Or... yeah, you were having exposure therapy without even knowing it a lot of the time. Right. right? You were having exposure, basically. And that stopped. That stopped. Yeah. yeah. And so we have a lot of people who struggle with leaving their home in our community. And the relief that came with not having to struggle against that anymore because nobody was leaving their home was tremendous. But now those very same people are really experiencing almost double the anxiety because now they've gotten used to not being exposed to what scares them. And so exactly. they have to start over sort of. And then finally, I think there's a lot of grief that mm -hmm. is still going on. You know, all of us lost people to COVID during the pandemic and 
We also lost other people. Like my mother-in-law, she passed away from dementia, not from COVID, but she died during the epidemic. So we didn't have a funeral for her. Right. And I think lots of people have all this grief in them for both people who died from COVID and people who died from other reasons where they, they couldn't have an outlet for it. Right. They couldn't do the, the whole grieving process. Right. And I think that they also often could not be as much with the people that, you know, they lost yeah. before they lost we, them. We were not allowed to see my mother-in-law until the last few weeks. We just heard from someone who had lost a husband right before, before the lockdown started. So it's like she was in this whole state of grief. And then there's something about grieving in a pandemic that I think is very lonely. And on the other hand, when someone that you really love dies, um, especially a spouse or your world stops, your world stops. Yeah. And so everyone's world had stopped. Right. Right. And now it's like, we're supposed to go back to normal, but if you've lost someone, there's no new normal. Yeah, there's there's no, no normal. So it's like, you know, you're, you're hit with a double whammy. Yeah. How to navigate this new normal of post pandemic, or it's not actually over, but right. You know, the post dangerous, most dangerous part of the yeah. pandemic life. And then also navigate a new life without your person that you love. Yes. And so, and we've talked with Claire Bidwell Smith on our show about how anxiety is the missing stage of grief and that, uh, lots of folks, when they're experiencing grief, it comes out in anxiety at various stages. And I think that, so there's a lot of that grief anxiety floating around too. I mean, and then of course, there's some of us that still are coping with actually having COVID. I mean, oh, I God. have friends who are still not over it. They have long haul syndrome. Definitely. Uh, I have a friend who had COVID and then had to have her gallbladder out. So she's still feeling very weak. A lot of a lot of yeah. people are still dealing with the actual physical and emotional effects of the disease. And the uncertainty of what's going to happen next for them. And then, you know, it is a different category, but a lot of people lost jobs and lost mm. economic security. And, yeah. and, and that is people made decisions to leave their jobs because yes. of what it meant in terms of exposure to other people. And now they have to sort of figure out a new path. Yeah. And it's very, very stressful. So that, so in our minds, those are sort of the main factors at play for. But why. there are many. We oh know. yeah, I'm yeah. We've, sure we've left out a lot, but the, but those are what we've heard from our community of now over two hundred thousand people. Now. Mm. A lot of anxious people out there. Yes, yes, yes. So what do we do about all this re-entry anxiety? How do we how do we deal with it? Well, the first thing we always say, mm. first thing we always say is start with self compassion, right? Because this is a uncharted situation for all of us, right? Yeah. None of us know how to do this. Right. We don't know how to do it right. We're all faking it. We are. And, you know, to some extent, anxiety is the normal feeling. Right. Yeah. And so, and remind yourself in your very compassionate tone, the way you would talk to a dear friend or maybe even a, like a 12 year old child remind yourself that we're all in this together and that you're not alone, that we're all feeling this. Right. So you really, really need to give yourself a break. Yes. You um, have to be compassionate. This is not the time to get all perfectionist on yourself or to start <laughs> shooting on yourself and tell right. I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. That's nonsense. We are in uncharted territory. We don't know what we should be doing. So that's okay. Yes. And then we always think it's very helpful to take baby steps, do things bit by bit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if, if something feels too overwhelming, cut it down to bite-sized. Maggie and I love bite-sized. Yes. I mean, one of the things is someone was saying that they have to go back to their office to us. And it's a far commute. It's a far commute. And they're not sure how they're going to do that. And so we were saying to them, you know what? Drive halfway to your office. Right. Or just start the first day, you know, a few days before you have to go back to work, take a 10 minute drive around your neighborhood. Yes. We've told people, you know, just put on your work clothes for a few hours in the morning. Yes. A lot of people talked about how we're so used to being in our pajamas. Oh my God. And now we have a lot of us have to wear pants that have zippers. Yes. So, you know, that, and those pants may or may not fit anymore. Right. Exactly. That's a whole different podcast. Yes. (laughs) But yes, baby steps. Give yourself permission to go slow. Go slow. Work and up to it. Exactly. What else can people do? Well, we, we, you know, we're big fans of meditation and breath work. Uh-huh. Uh, so for those of you who have a practice of that, keep that up. Breathing is the quickest way to get your body out of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And it's the cheapest. Right. So, you know, take a few good deep breaths. We have a panic button on our website that has gotten more use during this pandemic than just about anything else. Please feel free to push it as many times as you want. It's free. And all it is is a recording of me helping you get through the feeling of anxiety and helping you take some deep breaths. So feel free to use that or do your own breathing. There's tons of apps that we love that are really great. Yeah. So that's a great thing to do. Also, I've been telling people who are really worried about the mornings now, you know, getting up at a certain hour and getting to work and dealing with traffic. I said, you know what, put on your favorite app and either listen to a soothing story or soothing music, do some breathing maybe a meditation, something, you know, five minutes, six minutes. And another idea is to start doing some, what we call mind rehearsal. Mm. That means just going over in your mind, what it will look like, feel like, smell like to get dressed and get out of the house, to go on a commute. Like what will the lights be like? What right. the, and you're going to feel anxious when right. you do this. And you know why? It's because what you imagine is very real to your brain. Yes. Your brain doesn't know the difference. Right. So, so if you're imagining a situation that's going to provoke anxiety, it will provoke anxiety. And it's okay if you get anxious because what you want to do is do this enough times. That you're getting back to your exposure therapy. Yeah, you're getting back to, that is exposure therapy in itself. And that's really, really helpful. We always like to tell people to get a dab. What's a dab, man? (laughs) Your designated anxiety buddy. Yeah, D-A-B, dab. We love dabs. Yeah, so that's the person you can call and you can say, I'm having so much anxiety right now. Right. You need to talk me through this can you have your phone with you so I can text you if right. I'm really scared in the waiting room? Right, right. Um, or a lot of people are writing to us about having to go back to the dentist and they skipped their six month checkup because yeah. of it was during yeah. the pandemic. And so everyone is very freaked out about going back to the dentist. Yeah, yeah. And so having someone that you know that you can reach out to, and if you feel like you really don't have a dab, Anxiety Sisters, our community can oh be your goodness. dad. We have, there's so many people in our community that have found each other through our Facebook page, through our website. So, uh, and that's all free. So yeah, find, and, find yourself a buddy. And you can always even email or Facebook Abby and I. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we'll we, are, we, are, we are dabs for many, many people. And then I think there's something also about finding some of what you treasured about this pandemic. Hmm. and bringing it out with you to the to the world like so I know that a lot of families said you know we were always running out to this to that to soccer to to music lessons this and that and there was something about being able to stop and just 
play board games at home. Mm. That was really comforting. And so I think spending some time really thinking about what what pieces of this pandemic you treasured right and figuring out how to give yourself that as we go through this process of opening up yeah i have a, a cousin he was always traveling for work before the pandemic mm-hmm. he stopped traveling and stayed home and got very accustomed to cooking dinner for his kids which he had never done because he was always away during the week right and so now he's going back to work he's not going to travel as much but what he and his wife decided is that they're going to find one night a week where he can make dinner for the mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. because that's something he wants to take with him that was yeah that was a good thing about the pandemic yeah and also i tell people to write down some things that you're excited about I now that yeah the pandemic is is subsiding enough for us to get out and about. Uh, I mean, I know that when I start to feel anxiety, I think about how joyful I'll be when I see my family. Yes. My son, I hadn't seen him in, you know, yes, 14 months. And I just saw him and the joy of that reunion, you know, I can carry that with me in very anxious moments. Right. And uh, some, you know, kids are looking forward to going back to school and seeing their friends, but some people looking forward to traveling or to going to new places. Some people are just looking forward to being able to go back to church or the mosque or the synagogue or wherever or they a restaurant, go. You know, yes. and have somebody put some food in front of them for a change. Right. <laughs> so find out a couple things that you are looking forward to and write them down. And then maybe if, if you got like a sticky note, yeah. stick it on a wall near your computer or your desk or on your bathroom mirror, wherever you're going to see it. And keep reminding yourself that that's on the other side of mm-hmm. the fear. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we always say really adjust your expectations of yourself and others. Mm. And this is sort of the self-compassion piece, but we know some people used to think, oh, I'm a social butterfly. I'm very social. And now they feel very withdrawn and aren't sure how to navigate that. And just let yourself be who you are right now. Right. Because everyone has to do this at their own pace. Right. We always say, we love the mantra, your pace is the pace. Right. So somebody in your circle may be more adventurous than you, and that's okay. Their pace is fine. Your pace is fine. Just, I I think if we can all be very forgiving with other people and let us all come to our re-entry at our own pace. Right. And it's okay to say to someone, I'm not comfortable yet. Right. Not yet. Not yet. We love not yet. Yeah, we do. We love not yet. And also to say that to yourself, I'm not comfortable yet. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And there will be people that are going to judge either way. So don't worry about that. You just follow your own compass and take baby steps. Our very last tip, uh, I think, is the most important one. What's that? I would say get plenty of rest. Mm -hmm. Because as Mags pointed out, there's so much fatigue and exhaustion around this reentry anxiety. I mean, it makes everything that we have to do twice as hard. Yesterday, my kids came to visit Abby. And um, (laughs) they're my nephews. They're her nephews. But they... She got a little sensory overload. <laughs> okay. Um, well, they're but, six feet tall. Yeah. Like and they're, kids. but they're still sort of kids who are bouncing around, you know? They're, so, yes, they're loud. And so she got a little sensory overload. But I think that is on a big scale what people are experiencing. You know, that if you haven't been to the supermarket in months, when you go back to a supermarket, it is nothing but sensory I, overload. It, it is overwhelming. And so I think 
know that I'm glad you said that because you're right you know yeah. what I mean I love seeing the boys I was so excited to see them but it, it literally felt like I was in a stampede right mostly they I'm were stampede but mostly because I'm just so much shorter than they are <laughs> so it's like it's these these two men coming running into the house but they're so excited to see me yes so it's like, you know like tackle yeah exactly it's like I'm like you know I'm nervous yeah <laughs> But they're not gonna. But but it, I mean, but I I do think the world. I've noticed that for myself. The world now feels like sensory overload. Like right. when I go into a store, it seems very bright. When other people seem very loud, yeah. you know, there's smells I haven't experienced in a long time, or or noise I haven't experienced in a long time, and that is nothing but exhausting. It is. You know, you, you know, you're dealing with all of this and you're trying to manage all this anxiety on top of all the things you now have to do back out in the world. It's no wonder when you come home, you just want to collapse. And so yeah. we believe very strongly in doing that, taking some rest, giving yourself more rest than you normally do, maybe even taking a nap. Right. And even if it's not sleep, because some people, you know, have trouble with sleeping, it could be just lighting a candle, putting on some soft music yeah, or just Plunk yourself on the couch. Watch your Netflix. Watch you your Netflix to. or just sort of, you know, be. Just, just be. Just be. Because it's perfectly normal to feel tired when you are experiencing so much stimulation after having so little stimulation. Exactly. You know, so exactly. that's normal. All that jumpiness you're feeling, all that heightened sense, we're all feeling it. Very, very normal. So make sure you're taking time for yourself. And I also just really think as anxiety sisters, we tend to be sensory mm. um, overloaded fairly easily. Um, because when you think about it, our brains are always in, are often in like this hypervigilant state. So it's like we notice smells and sights and sounds mm. more than other people or lights often more than other people. That's, yeah, that's why I don't want to give up my mask because I don't have to smell as all the people. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Abby has super sense of smell. Yeah, I have well, a, that's I have like a hound's nose. Well, social anxiety is why a lot of people don't want to give up their mask because yeah. it's been much easier for them. I, I, you know, you, you know me, I always wore masks on the plane and people just thought I was crazy. Now everybody now else do. Yeah. Now I look normal, but I was not giving up my mask anyway. It really is a major, major transition right yes. now. It was an important enough issue that we thought we should pause our podcast schedule and do a little BFF chat so that we could all feel a little bit better about having this anxiety because we can't control it. It's there and we have to ride the wave. This is not a bad time to go into therapy if that's something that you can afford or that you're interested in doing. Just putting it out there. This is a scary, difficult time. It's been a really crazy and difficult, scary year. And I think there's been some trauma there for a lot of people. Oh so my God. And, and now you can do like therapy on the computer. Yeah. You can do telehealth therapy. Yeah. Maybe a support group. Yeah. I yes. know there's, you know, if you go on our website, we have a resources page that lists where you can find support groups. It's just a good time to be gentle with yourself and, and maybe get some help doing that. I agree. I yeah. mean, it is a good time to reach out and get some extra help because yeah. we've been through a national trauma in a yeah. sense. Yeah, we need some tender love and care. We do. So, so give it to yourself. And if it works for you, then maybe enlist the help of a professional too. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Yeah, it was so nice to be here with it. You know, yeah. just talking to you and everybody. We haven't done a BFF one in a long time. I know, I know. And know that you can always find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and at our website, of course, www.anxietysisters.com. And as always, if you have feedback, 
special compliment. <laughs> if you have questions or an idea for a podcast, please email us or DM us on Facebook. There's so many ways to get and in touch with us. If you're finding that you're taking some alone time in your home and you have some, you know, a little bit of free moments, maybe you could leave us a nice review. <laughs> that would be so nice. If you could leave us a review on wherever you're listening yeah. to this podcast, Apple, it would be very Google, happy. SoundCloud, yeah. Spotify. Because this is how we get the word out. Right. Right. You know, the more reviews we have, the higher up I think we go on their list. The more something. good reviews we have. Oh, so if this conversation was annoying to you, you don't feel free not to comment. <laughs> yes, the more good reviews we have. Yes, thank you. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And remember that anxiety, anxiety sisters, sisters don't go it alone. We I did it! it. That's only because we're right next to each other. Come on. That's where I always want to be next. We did it all. You've been listening to The Spin Cycle, an Anxiety Sisters production. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.